Hey guys, welcome back to the ANA pod. Today with us we have Milan, who shares financial and business tips on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. Milan has over 15 million views on YouTube and about 21.7 million likes on TikTok, with a huge following of 844,000 followers on Instagram. We are so happy to have Milan on the podcast today. Milan, you want to add anything to that with regards to your background? Hey man, thank you so much for having me. Um, and for my background, I guess I just finished college like two years ago. I've been into business and finance for the past like five, six years, just educating myself through YouTube, through books. And, you know, my first few years, I was just learning. And then after that, I started mm-hmm. investing like in college. And my first investment, I don't recommend this actually, was through a st- with a student loan. I basically took out a student loan because at the time, I was like, I'm get zero interest and I can try it out. And I put it into the S&P 500. And like, I made a, I made a re- good return on it. So I was able to like pay off the loan and stuff, but that's how I started investing. And during the process, I was also like trying out side hustles, e-commerce, fixing iPhone screens, you know, all this stuff. So all that, all that stuff really just led me to starting my social media. And like right after college, I was also going to be launching an e-commerce brand that I was working on. And I'm still going to do it, mm-hmm. but right now it's on hold because social media, I was just doing that like for fun and it just kind of blew up and now it's like a full on business. So right. now I'm just focusing on that because the, the organic reach for short form content is so high right now. And in a few years, it might not be here. So I'm just trying to focus full on on that and uh, just continue to kind of grow on social media platforms and build businesses around that for now. Wow, no, that's a that's an incredible journey. I mean, you mentioned in your undergrad or in college, you had all these different side hustles going on. So firstly, you had you wanted to get into e-commerce and you still had that on hold. Then, of course, learning about investing, investing in the S&P 500 through a student loan. I mean, that's a lot of a lot of different things going on for, for your undergrad. Yeah. So really cool to hear about that. But speaking of, uh, you know, how currently you you post personal finance tips on social media and obviously it's doing really well. But what led you to that point? Because the thing with that is you, you have so much knowledge and you can just keep it to yourself if you would like, right? But then what, what made you want to, uh, you know, post it on social media and help other people as well? Yeah, so I was right after, like, like I was saying, I was working on the e-commerce brand and I had downloaded my, I downloaded the TikTok at the time. I was like, you know, I, was, I kept on hearing about it on other platforms and just from like Gary Vee and stuff. And <laughs> And, and I like, you know, I used the app and it was actually so fun. Like TikTok was so fun. Like in 2020, I think is when I, um, or at the end of 2020. So like, in, uh, that's when I downloaded it. And then I started posting in like on February, January at like right at the end of January, at the beginning of February is when I started posting in 2021. And it was just like e-commerce stuff. Like, cause I saw other people that had small businesses that were posting about their journey on the platforms so you know and, and like they used it to drive business so that's how i was thinking about it too. i was like hey i can just post my journey it'll be fun and it'll just be like a little side thing but then i also saw like people doing skits and like at the time it was just doing really well people love the format where you kind of uh you know you're talking to yourself or talking to somebody else like it's just a lot easier to understand through that delivery format and i tried it and i made a personal finance video about it and it just kind of blew up and then i made another one and like consecutively it just blew up and like I, I gained like around 200,000 followers on TikTok in mm-hmm. like the first couple of weeks, right? So I was like, oh shoot, there's something here. I, at that idea, I had no time about, I, I, at that time I had 
no idea about like how to monetize or like, you know, if there would be money in this or not, but I just kept going. So I was like, okay, there has to be some value in this that I can mm -hmm. drive this much traffic to my videos. So I just kept on going and then I was still doing e-commerce on the side. And after a while, like after social media, I was like, okay, social media can actually drive a very sustainable income and it can be a you know, it can lead to very profitable businesses and just a profitable network and just meeting so many cool people. Right. So I've shifted my focus completely to that. I put the e-commerce stuff on hold and yeah, the ROI from social media has been good for now. And I'm just going to continue to post, you know, and use that to like leverage my businesses. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, you know, also like you do financial tips, right. On uh, TikTok, like, but we know like even a single tip, like it could, it could have a lot of details in it. Right. So how do you kind of cram that in into an eight second video or a 10 second video by, you know, just producing like the, main parts like how difficult is that process yeah so sometimes like ideating can be very easy like last night i was just coming up with ideas like left and right but sometimes it takes a lot of time and i have to think about like how can i put the concept in uh you know in like a short 30 second video like how much information mm -hmm. is enough for people to go out and research themselves and get more details on it. Because obviously I'm not gonna be able to cover everything on credit cards in 30 seconds. I'm not gonna be able to cover everything on, you know, budget. Course, yeah. So I try to think about like, okay, like just how much information can I put in there so that they are interested to first watch the video and then go out and do research on it themselves so they can, you know, improve their finance and manage their finances better. And yeah, sometimes it's a challenge, but I just try to, I just try to simplify it down as, as much as I can. But sometimes, again, with that, like the, the disadvantage is, oh, I'm not able to fit in enough information, right? So, right. like, oh, this is uh, somebody, like, like very rarely, but like somebody might comment, oh, this, this is kind of misleading because this doesn't talk about that. But there's only so much. Right. Talk and if I make the videos longer than 30 seconds or like longer than a minute, then people are not going to watch that. It's not TikTok is different. It's not like mm -hmm. YouTube content is not like that. And then, of course, I have my YouTube channel. People want like more in-depth information and all this stuff. But that's kind of my right. process. Yeah. And, you know, like yeah. you mentioned before, right? Like how, um, you know, people kind of comment on your videos thing. Like it doesn't cover this aspect to that. So like, what is, like how, how hard is it to like deal with that kind of stuff? Because if you post like financial content from day to day, like, you know, like, like you said, there's only so much content you can put into a 30 second clip, right? So, you know, how, how do you kind of de deal with that aspect of things? Yeah, so um, I think it really depends. Like a lot of the times I'll clarify and, and now I really, like especially on Instagram, like I'll make really long captions and I'll add stuff in the comments as well to clarify things if I can include it in the video. Um, but that's, it's, it's really simple. I just like, you know, I'll just respond or I'll just pin some comment about something and it'll kind of fix up the, the, the any sort of confusion. And yeah, it's not it's not really too difficult. I guess sometimes it just depends on like how, how the person said it. People can rude online, right? And uh, those are like the comments that I guess are hard to deal with. But if somebody is like genuinely asking questions, then I'll happily respond. Right, right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And speaking of your entire journey itself, it seems to be very organic, right? As you mentioned, you just saw TikTok blowing up and you were enjoying the content content that was being posted on tiktok and you thought about you know sharing your own journey and your own personal life onto it and something that you have a flair for which is finance 
and then by doing that you ended up you know getting a lot of traction within a short period of time so how did you feel like at that time were you ecstatic were you elated how how was that feeling for you yeah man i mean it's it's actually a really exciting experience like when you start to go really viral on tiktok and you see like you know you see that over 10 15 people are following you every single second literally mm-hmm. then it's really exhilarating like the experience is crazy like adrenaline kind of goes up and the first week like i had a hard time sleeping because i was so um just hyped up and like it wasn't like good for me at all right it was adrenaline i was like holy shit you know like, what is happening and it was just a very exciting and like i think it was a good experience to have but um it can definitely be overwhelming and it kind of was for me because i wasn't mm-hmm. really able to sleep like i wanted to keep checking my phone i was like wow oh my god i'm so excited what are the opportunities that are going to come out of this because i was already very business focused so i was like oh my god what, what can come out of this right so uh it was very like very exciting yeah right right spot on spot on and speaking of um your current platform and your current following look you know you have a huge following right now 800,000 on Instagram it's, it's a big deal especially for in this niche category of personal finance and you know finance itself you don't really see huge social media accounts in that regard right so it is yeah. a big uh, it is a big accomplishment uh, when you when you think about it like that so how do you see this big fan base or this big following that you have now how do you see that proceeding like into the future do you see that multiplying into two or do you see your following going from 800,000 to you know maybe a million or 2 million like how does how does yeah. that process look like yeah so i was like away for some time i was traveling for like the, in the past month but so i had taken a little bit of like a break from it but right now i'm again like growth mode like i want to get to like you know 2 million 3 million so mm-hmm. i think this year it's going to be a big year and i'm just going to keep pushing and creating more content and just trying to get more creative with what mm-hmm. i put out there and i see it going to like yeah definitely like you know 2 million 3 million exactly mm-hmm. if i keep pushing because all it really takes is consistency right Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and do you want to like follow the tiktok short reel type format for now or as you mentioned are you looking at some other like creative outlets that you might want to like implement into this whole process that might again like speeding up the entire process of reaching to your 2 million or 3 million yeah um i think right now so in the past like i think past 4 to 6 months i was focusing on long form content as well on youtube so i was posting weekly videos on youtube um but for now right now i want to get back to focusing on short form content because as i was focusing on youtube my performance on short form content started to slow down so right now for the next you know for the next few months i'm definitely going to be focusing more on just short form content and then once i'm like feeling better there again with uh with the growth and with the numbers and just with the impact in general then i'm going to go back to making long form content and just build up a library for people just to kind of learn mm-hmm. more about finances and just money. But yeah, that that makes a lot of sense because as you mentioned right most of the most of the attention is on those short form videos. So getting yeah. that getting that to grow is is the main is the main uh It, exactly. It'll be hard it'll be easier to grow on like YouTube and other platforms as well with this uh with once this you have that additional traction. Exactly, yeah. Right, right. And uh, like you mentioned about like content creation, right? Um, you know, so obviously each platform has their own algorithm. So, you know, what what was your learning curve to basically, you know, kind of achieve uh those those views, those numbers on 
you know, certain platforms like, you know, you know, like marketing on TikTok might be different on Instagram. Marketing on Instagram might be different than YouTube. So, you know, what was the learning curve and what was that process like? Um, in terms of like how the algorithm works and whatnot? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I've realized that most apps, like YouTube, right, Instagram, Facebook, any, any social media app, Snapchat, like they want you to stay on their platform for as long as possible. That's how they monetize and make money because they're going to show you ads. So what I realized was, and I, I did a lot of research on like the analytics and stuff. I majored in data science and stats in school with like every heavy focus on like finance and stuff. So I, I know how to like analyze data and stuff. So I collected all the data from my videos and I realized that the viral videos had like a really high watch time, right? That was a correlation between all my videos personally. And that just shows that you need to get, you need to get the person to stay on the platform, right? So that means having a good hook in the first three seconds, like making, get, getting the audience curious, right? And, and keeping them curious to watch the videos until the end and giving them a solution, offering a problem and then giving a solution like in the video for me at least that's how I think about it and that's kind of what's helped me I think if we you can do that in your niche then I think that can help anybody kind of grow just what's the what's the question you're answering in your video and then answer that at the end of the video and that's one format that has been successful because that will keep the person on your video and ultimately on the app meaning your video will get pushed out more waiting for more yeah right 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 right, right. Um, but yeah, speaking, you're going right? Yeah, no, you can go ahead. You can go ahead. But yeah, speaking of that, um, do you think that altruism or like the feeling of helping other people through these videos is that also a big part of why you want to, you know, keep growing? Yeah. So I never realized I've been like so caught up in just analyzing and the numbers and the growth. That I'm forgetting is that sometimes I forget like holy holy shit you know this is a lot of people and I'll get messages sometimes about from people about how they started signing up because of this or like how they're doing this and how like you know now they're gonna look into doing this because of watching my videos so whenever I get those messages it's a good reminder but like right now I'm in growth phase so I'm just like thinking about okay how can I make better videos how can I do this and I'm not even thinking what the impact sometimes to be real and it's good though whenever I get messages from people like, "Hey, this is what I'm doing because of you," and it kind of helps me. Like, it just reminds me to uh, just kind of think more about the impact and like mm-hmm. the value the videos will provide instead of just thinking about like the analytics or just the growth behind it, right? Because I have right. a lot of people, and it's just hard to. I guess when you have like a mindset like mine, like it's just I, mean, I just have like such an entrepreneurial mindset that it can be hard to. Uh, kind of step back and look at the, the, mm-hmm. the overall value of everything mm-hmm. and those messages that you might be getting once in a while they they kind of serve like as an assurance right that you're doing you're doing a great job because you even though you are so focused on the business side of things and the data side of things when you when you hear these messages and you see these messages you kind of get that feeling of the impact that you actually have on all of these you know these followers yeah. of yours so that that must be a really rewarding part of it right yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and especially because, like, I, I mean, this is a problem a lot of creators face. That sometimes we're just so caught up in, like, the negativity, we forget about the positivity. Because the thing is, a lot of times, the people that even like your content, that, you know, that like your videos, they're not going to necessarily always comment and tell you, like, 
you know, it's harder to find the positive comments, I think, uh, mm -hmm. because that's just not what we're, I, I guess we're also more primed to kind of look at the negative too. So yeah, yeah, positive yeah. comments, people are leaving positive comments all the time. Um, but like that one negative comment also sticks, always sticks out, right? So sometimes you'll yeah. get, because it takes like 11 positive, I think, comments to make up for one negative. Like that's the mental, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know, I think that was the mental measure I, I read about a while back. But mm -hmm. um, sometimes like I'll forget about all the positivity and I'll, you know, I'll just, I'll be like, oh, like I don't want to focus on these negative comments. Hence, then I won't really focus on all the impact and all the people or replying to them, right? I'll just be focusing on like working. So um, yeah, there's a lot of like mindset stuff that I have to work on. It is a very challenging being a creator. And people don't realize that behind like all the, you know, the numbers or the money, but it can be very right. challenging. Right, right. Uh, yeah, just to just to hop in and um, ask like a different question on a different like subject. Um, you know, we talked about like having an entrepreneurial mindset and you know how like and how important is that uh, if if like if you want to go to university and do that right so what is what is the balance to do that like how hard it is to do that uh i think it can be difficult but i guess if you're like for university it's definitely possible i mean you can start like it's not that hard to allocate three or four hours uh three hours i'd say to like a business, to a side hustle in school, right? And if you can manage your time properly, then you'll realize that, wow, I have a shit ton of time because most of the time we're just distracted. That's why we're not being as productive. Like people work eight hours a day, but really if they were productive, they can get every single thing done in two hours, like two hours, literally, that, that's what it is. Like one of my friends was a software engineer and he was like, I would get my stuff done in an hour, right? And then I was like, I don't know what to do the whole day. And he also became a creator and, and started real estate investing and stuff. But uh, that's what he said. And I think that's the case for a lot of people from what I've heard and from what I've read. So I think if you can just manage your time properly and when you do do your things, like make it super quality and productive time, like you have to train yourself to be productive and not get distracted by your phone. And then you'll realize, wow, I got this done in one hour instead of three hours. Now you have more time free to work on other stuff. And you might only need, and you don't even need that much time, like just eight to 10 hours of just working, like eight hours a day. Like maybe you spend five hours on schoolwork and just super productive hours. Like obviously it depends on like, you know, your major and stuff. So it's different for everybody. But I think it's very doable for the average college student to spend two to three hours on a side hustle. We'll start some side business, start e-commerce. Like that's what I did. In, I did it in college, right? And then not to mention you get, you, you have breaks, you have weekends that you can work on stuff as well. So um, yeah, it really just comes down to product, productivity, your time management, and how bad you really want it. Like, you know, because people will figure it out. The, the, most of the successful entrepreneurs, like Mark Cuban and like some of these other really big people, they were doing stuff in college. Like, they were doing stuff on the side of college and, and like made it. So I think it's very possible. Right, right, right. So just that, you know, focusing on that product productivity, you know, like minimizing your distractions and just keeping, being as efficient as possible, uh, yeah. essentially, right? Exactly. Um, yeah, just yeah. Uh, also, do do you recommend that like if like if like do you recommend going to college like if it's absolutely necessary? But like if you know that you want to do something like a business or like in hustle, like not a side hustle, but that that's basically your main hustle, right? So would you recommend like for those people who have like that kind of mindset to go to a university or? Yeah. So I think. 
college isn't necessarily the best for like entrepreneurs and stuff because the experience like what I what I learned in college what I learned in like classes themselves like the education I got I have I'm not using that education I'm not using all the finances and the stats and like the statistics because that was all theoretical stuff and like most of the finance stuff that I talk about it's like self-educated college and teach me this stuff of course like knowing the theory behind like you know some of these stocks and how the markets change and all that stuff mm-hmm. um, it, it it helps me but it didn't really help uh in terms of how i manage my money or how i invest really so right. um i think college can be good for you if you're going to become like a doctor or a lawyer or if you're going to become something that absolutely requires a degree that absolutely requires education but as an entrepreneur you can go out and get real world experience that'll be much more valuable than college and you can yeah i, I think college can fail entrepreneurs a lot of the time so uh the only thing that was like what was worth it for me was i was always so i always had a job like when i before even college like i already had applied for a bunch of jobs before i went to my first year and i was working my first year i was working like i think half of my second year and third and fourth year i had jobs as well so through those jobs i met people and i got experiences i got leadership experience you know my communication got better and all that stuff has helped me in my entrepreneurial journey. So that's why college is worth it for me, you know, because of that experience and the people I've met. But the education side wasn't worth it. So because I'm not even using my degree at all, right? I'm like doing my own thing. If you're going to be running your own businesses and stuff, you're going to be running e-commerce, you're going to be, you know, doing some sort of service business. Like you don't need, you don't necessarily need a college education. It can definitely help in certain cases but most entrepreneurs i don't think they need it that's why you see so many business people right that don't have degrees that drop out of college or whatever that or that aren't even using their degree uh, that that started businesses um and then as for the experience that i got you can still get that experience right you still like go travel to conferences there's other ways to get education travel to conferences real estate e-commerce like marketing in whatever niche you're interested in figure stuff out right college isn't going to really help you do that through taking fucking GEs. Um, mm-hmm. So instead, I think conference, like this last year, I went to a, a financial conference and it was so valuable, right? Like if I had gone to that conference, um, like during college, like it would have, like I would have probably dropped out before because I learned so much. And these conferences will teach you so much. You'll meet so many people, you'll network, and you'll realize that you can get so much without an education. Like now I'm not saying that college has no purpose because it does, right? Like if you want to become something like a like a lawyer, like a doctor, like you need the education, like it's a must. But if you don't know what you want to do and you just want to do business, then you know that, that may not be the route that you have to take. There's other options to educate yourself. There's conferences, there's online courses, there's trade school too. There's cheaper options as well if you want to look at it from a money perspective, right? Because people just end up in debt. Right, mm-hmm. right. So it's just like... Basically, you're coming at like colleges that don't they don't have that practicality, right? It's more on the theory. They're more focused on the theory side of things rather than the real world applications, right? Like, like you said, like none of the things which you learn uh, in stats, you use them for finance right now, right? It's it's more of just like how like what it does and you know how to use it in the real world is where you're really learning at, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And speaking of uh, e-commerce, right, you mentioned that when you were in college itself, you were uh, working on an e-commerce side hustle. 
So is that similar to the e-commerce hustle that you kind of put on hold currently or are those two, diff- two different avenues? That, that was like different. So that was Amazon FBA. Like I, I literally just, I, I got these headphones and I, like I designed the packaging with it and I put my logo on it and I got them from Alibaba and I had, you know, a few hundred units shipped to me and I started selling them on Amazon and I made like a few thousand dollars on the side, right? And mm-hmm. it wasn't, like the, the the product wasn't good quality, so I stopped, but I made time for it. Like I made it work, you know? So basically if you're hungry, you'll make it work. And yes. um, the current e-commerce business is gonna be different though. It's gonna be a product, like I'm gonna really, you know, hone down and make it really good quality and base, build a brand around. Before, like it was just, oh, okay, I'm just trying this out for my own logo, random. And I just kind of sold stuff and tried it out. And this time I'm going to be a lot more serious because I'm, I want to scale the business to seven, eight figures if I can. And, right, uh, right. Yeah. And do you think that this time around when you obviously try to scale the e-commerce business, do you think the, the brand that you built for yourself at this point in time, do you think that's something that's going to automatically bolster and just give you more of a support when you want to scale the e-commerce business? Yeah, I, I think it'll definitely help. I'm not going to push it like, you know, my channel because it might not even, you know, be related anywhere. It might just be like a consumer. Okay. It might be anything, right? And I, I like, I'll obviously talk about what I'm doing and how it's yeah. going, but I'm not going to like push it to in, in order to drive traffic. Like I want to, I want that to be its own separate thing. Um, but the social media, social media will definitely help because it helps me network and find people that know how to do this stuff that can help me. Right. Right. So it's either way, social media is is very beneficial. And as you mentioned, it'll help you find people on social media. So and they're more likely to collaborate with you because of obviously everything that you have accomplished. Right. So that also might be more beneficial in getting people to assist you. So Yeah, that's also pretty interesting. And uh, for the future, do you see um, all your media creation, Instagram, TikTok, that combined with e-commerce? So are those are these three or four different avenues the main focus for the future? Or do you do you think there's anything else that you would include within your, your future plan? Yeah, I mean, I think in the next few years, I definitely, it's going to be social media, it's going to be e-commerce, uh, definitely like investing in the markets, right? Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of stuff like that. And also uh, in like starting other businesses. I'm most likely going to end up doing other stuff as well and partnering with other people and maybe in, in, in investing in other companies. So all of these are going to be, uh, I guess, something that can generate income for me. Right, right. And speaking of uh, investing, just out of out of curiosity, so what's your what's your take on? Um, there's always a big uh, hot debate between investing in the market and investing in expert stocks or investing in a you know a portfolio of different stocks. So what's your take on that? Do you think the market always wins, or do you think it's going to be it's it might be better to invest in a bunch of different stocks? Yeah, I think I think if you do your research, like you can potentially come out on top with single stocks, but it's very unlikely for the average person. And also not just for that, it's very unlikely for anybody because mm-hmm. most of the hedge hedge funds, okay, there's like I think 40 hedge funds in the US, and mm-hmm. only like two or three of them were able to beat the market. And then these are professional people that have thousands of hours into researching about understanding the analysis and everything. And thousands of people too, right? For these hedge funds. And only three hedge funds were able to beat the market. Okay. So like think about why do you want to spend all that energy analyzing the market or doing all this unless you truly enjoy it? That's different. Mm-hmm. And only 
and you know when the chances are so low that you'll beat the market so that's why i have most of my money in like index funds right s p 500 mm-hmm. and that's yeah. why i also recommend for the average person because uh you know like those will give you better returns than um, mm-hmm. a lot of just investing in a lot of individual stocks because it's diversified and there's data exactly. behind it like there's data these even head professional people cannot beat the markets so what makes you think that you can do it right you can so, yeah, yeah yeah you can definitely take the risk and like if you enjoy that aspect then go ahead but data shows that it's better to just invest in index funds and just uh, stick mm-hmm. to like and just go with the market uh and not try to beat it or not try to time it mm-hmm. yeah that's, that's very interesting to point out and uh speaking of that but there also might be some instances where you get lucky and you can exponentially beat the market right like with a certain yeah. stock definitely you can definitely be lucky like if you had invested in apple early or amazon early right like but you can't know that so it also depends on like how much risk you're willing to take maybe you want to allocate you know 60 70 80 percent into index funds mm-hmm. and you want to risk you want to have more of a risky side for the 20 percent of your portfolio so mm-hmm. by that out you can have different ratios right mm-hmm. and it just depends on how much risk you want to take mm-hmm. yeah that's a, that's a good point so for you yourself, like, how do you see, like, the market currently? Because obviously there are many external factors that have disrupted it recently with high interest rates and then the Russia-Ukraine conflict. So has that impacted your own personal portfolio or um, how, do you, how do you view that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think everybody's portfolio is just down, right? I mean, the market yeah. hasn't been doing um, that great, right? And I think it over the long term, it will definitely like, come back up, of course, but... Mm-hmm. I mean, in the, in the past, I, I guess it's been doing better in the past month, but uh, mm-hmm. because of the war and stuff, like the stocks, just, everything just came yeah. down. And Ending Feb, early March was, was pretty bad, right? Ending Feb, early March, around there. That was yeah. the best. Yeah, so people were, people were just scared. And the fear has already been like factored into the market right now. So um, I think it's just going to consistently go up. It's not going to, overall, it's going to end up going back up, is what I think. That's what always happens. Like that's mm-hmm. just what data suggests. Whenever in the past, uh, you know, ever since, or at least for the S and P five hundred, ever since the nineteen thirties, mm-hmm. it was created. It always um, recovers, pretty much. Yeah, it always recovers. So there's ups, there's downs, and if you can hold through those downs, you'll come out on top over the long term. Mm-hmm. And uh, do you have any energy stocks currently that have been doing well with the Russia Ukraine conflict, or not really? Uh, I don't have too many energy stocks. I was actually going to be investing in like index ones uh, that were focusing on energy the- focused. Yeah, okay, I haven't done that yet, but I'll most I'll most likely be investing in like single stocks first, and then uh, you know some a little bit something riskier because I do invest in single stocks as well, just not nearly mm-hmm. as much because as much as the market takes so much time to analyze and do the research. And I'd rather just spend that time on like, you know, my businesses, which will have a higher ROI overall. Mm-hmm. Right. That's a strong point. Yeah, Arian, go on, go on. I've been yeah, no, for I, a long time. You can add something. No, no I think so. I guess uh, that pretty much uh, sums our podcast up uh, unless Anirudh wants to add something. Yeah, I wanted to add, I wanted to add one yeah. more question. Uh, so, you know how when uh, Biden got elected, he proposed a lot of uh, electric vehicle initiatives and things like that. I might be wrong because I don't know too much about it, but he basically said that we want to move away from oil and gas, right? Predominantly. So what's your take on that? Do you see, do you see that like happening as a big shift or? Um, the shift to like EVs and all that. I think a lot of countries have 
uh, I think India too did something like, oh, in 30 years, they want mainly UVs or something. I, don't, mm -hmm. or I think that was the US, but I know a lot of countries have had like a lot of initiatives on this. And um, mm -hmm. I think, I don't know, I think it's going to take a lot longer than people think because right. the, cost mm -hmm. for, the cost for like, you know, EVs are very high. And I understand like the maintenance costs are low and stuff. Like overall, the EV car, like I have a Tesla and that Tesla is definitely cheaper for me. And it's worth mm -hmm. it over buying. Um, and it's worth it for the convenience because if you look at the maintenance costs, like they're much lower than like say a Toyota mm -hmm. Camry. And in five mm -hmm. or six years, uh, considering depreciation, considering the maintenance costs, considering insurance, considering basically everything we're spent, like this Tesla car is going to be basically at the same price and actually a little bit cheaper than owning like a Toyota Camry. So mm -hmm. I think. I think like for the consumer, it's worth it, but it's just thinking about the production cost behind uh, like, a, you know, the copper that it takes to, to, to make a Tesla is like so high right now. And, you know, right. if, if, like the supply of that copper, uh, the cost can go up. Really it's limited. Fast. It may not be sustainable. And like, I don't know, there's, there's a lot behind it and I'm definitely not an expert. That's just from the research that I've done on it. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Makes sense. And uh, one last question, if you would have, one or two solid tips to provide to our viewers or people in general for getting into investing or personal finance, what would that be? I know you have a whole page on all of those tips, but yeah. just, just for the sake of the pod. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the biggest thing I want to leave, I'll leave your audience with is just like, I think you need to learn how to learn first. So um, that's like a moment that you'll have. For me, it was like when I started reading books, I was like, holy shit, I really like learning because now it wasn't like I'm reading textbooks. Textbooks are boring for me. They were for a lot of people. They are. That's why people hate school. And but you, like actually buying books yourself and educating yourself through these books can be very fun. And like learning can actually be very fun. It can be not boring. So I think just learn how to learn. And you need to find something that will get you in that right mindset if you uh, really want to just like level up and get to that next level when you start. Uh, and I think reading books is probably like a good way to do that for most people. So starting off by reading like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Think and Grow Rich and How to Win Friends and Influence People. Like these are like my top three books and they'll get you like in the right mindset to basically to learn, to grow. And uh, yeah. Okay, perfect. Perfect. Thank you for that, Milan. And uh, so yeah, Aryan, anything else you want to add or we... Uh, no, I guess that wraps it up. Mm -hmm. so yeah make sure to tune in to the podcast it'll be released on google podcast spotify and apple podcast and please make sure to uh view milan's page if you already haven't i'm sure you've probably seen one of his uh reels on instagram so um yeah make sure to follow him on all of the social media give him a subscribe on uh, on youtube and uh, yeah i think that brings us to the end of this podcast